Talk Zone presents Two Guys on a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys on a Mic on TalkZone.com. Big dog and a coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Producer extraordinaire David Olson, other side of the glass, not checking in via the telecommunicative phone lines. He's not downtown. He's not walking in a metro station calling us on our cell phone. He is live in the studio. My good partner, the man, the myth, the legend. Well, two out of three ain't bad. The big dog, Joel Radwanski dog. Great to have you in the studio. And I know the female fans are very happy. That you are being broadcast live with that shiny melon of yours. Are are they as happy as Angelina Jolie? Uh, I guess was at the. I did not see that picture. Yeah, the, the I've, pose, I've, I've I'm two days late. I'm sure every it's, because it's almost I'm, a more popular pose than Tebowing at this point. Uh, well, seriously, she just had her leg hanging out like that. That was what what, you know, what was the reason for that? I, no, I was talking to David Olson post show. We have some scintillating post show discussions. Really, it should be t- actually our pre. Show discussion was scintillating today, especially if you want a, wow. a critique of of area broadcasters. <laughs> we'll keep that off air. But uh, Angelina Jolie, big dog, you look at her at the Oscars. Yeah, something is she ain't, something is she, ain't right? She's doing heroin. She's way too skinny. Somebody's got to feed that woman something a meal. Something is not right. Way too. I think she weighed eighty five pounds, and about twelve of that was lipstick. This little piggy is too this, this little, well, that little piggy is too thin. Yeah. Come on, girl, eat, eat I, something. And I also noticed with my keen uh, sense of observation that one shoulder was bigger than the other shoulder and one arm slightly puffier than the other I arm. think that was the optical illusion of how she was contorting her body as Possibly. she stood there on the carpet. Possibly, but with her being so thin and she's always carrying around a, uh, uh, a kid. Ah. Oh, good point. That would be the dominant arm. Good point. And if you're that skinny, yep. Any, any like, you're right. Like one percent more looks gigantic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's what it was. That that's that's it's not all that. about baby aerobics, big dog. Baby, you could definitely use an infant to keep in shape. You're walking around, switch it from arm to arm. There's actually books or manuals out. Not tons of them, but there are where you know you do lifts. Uh-huh. It's good for the baby and it's good for your uh, muscle tone. Okay, well, it, it's better than I guess withering away to being five foot nine and ninety nine pounds. It's not That's, a good look. You, you know, it, it's funny because the first thing I thought when I saw her looking all skinny uh, at the Oscars was, "I'm like, oh, she." I didn't know she was that skinny. I saw her sitting in the seat, you know, sitting next to I thought Brad was, Pitt, and her looking skinny next to him is pretty difficult. I thought it was Jonah Hill at first. Well, <laughs> the. <laughs> You know, I, I remember one day seeing Tom Hanks at a at a Dodgers game, and he was talking to Ron Howard, and he had a beard the size of Nova Scotia, and he looked like he was five pounds. I'm like, what, is he a crack addict? I mean, honestly, I thought for a split second he must be a crack addict. Talking about Tom Hanks, not uh, Ronnie Howard. Yeah, not exactly. And then about six months later, that's all forgotten. And then they're like, oh, Tom Hanks out with a great movie. He plays a guy stranded on an island. Well, he was playing a guy that hadn't eaten anything but crab for six months. You know. It, 
So Angelina Jolie must be either she's she's doing cocaine mm-hmm. or she's playing some type of role where she has to weigh a hundred pounds. Let's That's hope disgusting. It's a she's actually looked that way for quite a while. That it's really yeah. she needs to yeah. eat. Yeah. Somebody needs to get her a sandwich. What uh, David Olson? What's the story with the uh, quote unquote the pose? What was that all about? No idea, but th- 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 that's like the internet's newest meme. Yes. And there it's, was, it's everywhere, yeah. There was one uh, presenter that came out. Well, yeah, yeah, the guy, the guy, the, well, no, it wasn't the guy that, it wasn't a presenter, it was one of the guys that won the award. Oh, yes. That she right. presented, stood yeah. there exactly and like did her. did the pose. During the, yeah. yeah which was Hollywood Hollywood hold on a second. So this was early, so she did the pose earlier in the day, and it was so on fire that before no, no, they no, no, could, no, 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 no. She was doing the pose out on the red carpet. Yeah. And okay. then when she went That's up on stage to present an award, she just stood there with her leg out. And it was like it was like it was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So she did it again. She did it again. Yeah. Okay, now now it's making sense. Uh, the, but still, the the fact that she started it on the red carpet, she only does it one other time, and it's with with social network. You hadn't even left. Normally, people would have to leave. The, oh, do I? She did what last night? And then at the you know at the party after it starts, it's not even before the end of the right. ceremony. Last night at the Daytona 500, Brad Kozlowski is tweeting during during yeah. caution laps. Yeah, well, I mean, go, I mean, going back to Angelina Jolie, before, <laughs> yeah. by the end of the Oscar telecast, Angelina Jolie's leg had its own Twitter account. <laughs> Seriously. That's oh, that's not a surprise, man. and I have to remember to. That's that's like those 4G commercials you see now. You know, hey, have you heard about? Oh, come on, that's so. Well, no, it'd just be tweeting. Tweet, look at me, I'm out here. Look at me. Yeah. Did yes. you forget about me? Look at me. That's, yes. that's all it was. Mm-hmm. But. Angel? And, and she didn't even have to say a word. And in a year from now, when she's the hottest actress again, because that happens like every five years for her, she can be like, I just, I. She'll say, yeah, that was all planned out. I just wanted to see if I could just look at you and see if I could get attention. I and think I did. she and Sasha Baron Cohen probably had a thing planned together to distract from the actual Emmys. Well, yeah, what? And think about it. She's much smarter about it because everybody, they're, they're the smart people who I love Sasha Baron Cohen. And I'm all, I'm extremely happy that happened to Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> okay, but the, there's also part of me being like, you know what? Okay, what an attention grab. Quit being such a. You know what I mean? There's that because I'm smart enough to realize, hey, just an attention grab. Yeah. But how brilliant is it that this woman <laughs> knows I can just stand there for a little extra longer in a strange pose, mm-hmm. and next thing I'm the talk of the town. And she knew it was going to happen. She knew it was. If she did it a second time, she's like, wow, I totally messed with everybody. Mm. Way too much lipstick, by the way. I know you're a big dog. You're a, you're a makeup guy. No, what are you talking about? I hate, I hate makeup. Okay. I'm with a girl that wears none. I don't okay. mind a little lipstick. I don't mind that. But I hate makeup. Bit. I hate right, makeup. I'm with you on that. I think I, what I got confused is our differential. I was on the opposite end of the body. It's on high heels. Yes, yeah. yeah. The women the belong in high disagree. heels. I, I find high heels, it does absolutely nothing for me. But you and I, I remember Brian Bauer in particular. We almost had to throw like some cold water over him in the high heels discussion. Um. Yeah, I, I have to stop right there because he has said stuff to me that is a little uncomfortable. Especially yes. it would be extremely uncomfortable for him if I said it. Much more for him than me, even yep. though it would be for me for saying it. But definitely heading into the fetish horizon. The the way I look at it is this: if now I don't have to worry about it now. Lily the lilac is extremely nice, but before in the past, if I had oh, like if a woman was complaining, oh I got to get dressed up and all that, well you might as well just put, wear some. If you're really going to complain, you might as well be uncomfortable for me. So I've actually said that. Well, I've actually said that quote. To to somebody, but I, I'm not such a jerk anymore. Though. David Olson, producer extraordinaire, the high heel on the uh, woman does that add to the attractive attractivity of the particular <laughs> female? 
Uh, it can. It can. It can. Okay. It's just, I, it's just one of those yeah, I'm things. Not, I'm know. not an overall, like, you know, you know, oh, heels definitely always, but. Yeah. I, all right. It, it it's can. never done anything for all I look at. It's like, oh, man, how can you possibly stand in those puppies? But, you know, to each his own, obviously. I, I know. It has I, an effect. I know some people who can't walk around without them, believe it or not. There are some women like that, like uh, yeah, Lily's well, sister, cannot walk around without them, and yet she never wears them whatsoever. So. You had a male roommate that was like that at one point, I think. And the f- 15 quadruple E high heels are just odd looking. Oh, and unhealthy. Terrible. I mean, you're a health and fitness guy, long-time entrepreneur, used to be, a, or still do, I think, a little bit of personal fitness training. Yes, I do, by the Obviously, way. walking around on the high heel is brutismal. We should have saw his calves. They, the calves. they rivaled mine. Coach, they rivaled my calves. Really? Okay. Yes. Because you got excellent calves. Excellent calves. That. Excellent. I'm still yeah. available for calf modeling. Yep. But every time I've been paid for calf modeling, something dramatically bad has happened to me <laughs> what within if 24. I calf uh, modeling. You, you go right. I'm, I'm one of the I'm one of the tops in the business, kind of like George Costanza. Yeah. But this is no joke. This is no joke. You you think I'm joking about this, coach? So I get I've this seen job. Your calves. I know you're serious about this. So I get this job as a calf model, and. uh the problem is, right after I get paid the big bucks for being a, 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 a calf model, <laughs> I don't get an injury to the calf. I got an injury to the shin, so I oh got to figure out a way. Can, can you focus in on this, Dave Olson? Do you see this? That would be the – well, there's no muscle there. It's basically a bone on the front. There's a, a real nasty scar that I've been putting a bunch of medication on regularly to try to get it healed. That's four years old. Yeah, that's not going to work in but, the calf. They can't. They can't airbrush something that big. The the first time I did the calf modeling, directly right after it, <laughs> that incident that incident happened, and that's when I was just jumping up and down on the counter, and then said no, and then I busted mm-hmm. it up. Next thing I know, so that was like directly and immediately, just like this is about like four hours after I just got paid like five hundred bucks to stand there. And show off my calves. It was the easiest money I'd ever made. Now I'm, I'm, I get about 10 years older because I realize my money maker might have just been shot because I got this, I have a bone that's shining out. Okay. So just your luck. Well, they, they stitch it up. I start getting all this, the scars on it. And then the same guy's like, I need you again. I tell him what happened. He's like, don't worry. Well, mm-hmm. they actually like, they, they put some makeup on it. It was perfect. They said, don't worry about it. That day later on, something else happened that cost Uh-oh. me about $35,000. Oh boy. I will no longer, I won't, I don't need a third strike coach. I've learned my lesson. You're going to have to pay me big time money in order to actually take pictures of these calves again. <laughs> Very select, uh, pictorials, yes. huh? There's, there's, it's like, it's like playing, it's like yeah, devil well, you money. Just, you just showed your calves up, uh, you know, David Olson got, we got a camera view of it. It'll be up on YouTube, social media. It's already 45 seconds old. Big dog, your, your calves probably are blathering the internet as So who has more Twitter followers? Angelina Jolie's leg or Joel well, Redwanski's calf? Right now? Yes. Jolene's leg. But I, I would pander a guess by the end of the day. I'm betting on your calf over Angelina we're, Jolie's leg. It'll be a close battle. Down the stretch they come. Here comes Jolie's leg. Down goes Big Dog's calf. And they cross the finish line. It's the calf muscle of the Big Dog. By the way, your ankles? Yes. Eh. Quad muscle? Average, but a hell of a calf muscle, I have to admit. Angelina Jolie's leg, or it's actually Angelina Jolie's right leg, <laughs> has... Uh, <laughs> Close to 31,000 followers. Oh, my God. What's some of the tweets coming out of that? Just see if it's worth following. Are they funny? Do you know what I mean? It's it's funny sometimes when they come up with the handle, but then they don't say anything. So what's the, what's the difference? 
left leg and I talked. Everything's cool. Next <laughs> next Oscars, she gets the slit. Check me out. Leg. Great meeting most of you for the first time last night at the Oscars. <laughs> you have to admit, I'm one hell of a leg. Look at this leg. Don't forget about the leg. I'm a leg. Look at the leg. Oh, Okay, I didn't know that they were coming out with such great tweets. Because normally they, they, you know, they just get the yeah. handle and there's nothing, nothing but stupid tweets. But that was obviously well thought out and and, and brilliant. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, okay. What did uh, Rick Santorum say about uh, one way of not needing contraception or birth control is to put what the women should put what between their legs? Between, no, it was his between t- their his knees. Top fundraiser. Yeah, that's it. Back in his day, back in his day, contraceptive was a bare aspirin, and, and yeah. the girls just kept it between their aspirin. knees. I wonder yeah. if we got any tweets to Angelina Jolie's leg about the Rick Santorum quote. Could be interesting. You know what? You I heard that though. The expression. I, yeah, I have heard that. That's pretty funny. And I do not like this whole the whole like secular bringing God into government and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but. Uh, that you know that is funny. But I just want to, if you don't mind changing the subject just a little bit. Not, 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 not that I want to like. Time we can get off your calves and Angelina Jolie's legs. Difficult, but we can move on. If if I can somehow bring up Rick Santorum and Robert Griffin III in the same discussion. Wow. One of the whitest white men of all time, and one of the blackest black men. Now, we've when seen I say this, I'm probably going to come off as as racist when this all comes up, but I'm gonna, not. So I'm not really worried about it. Compare their 40 uh, meter run times. Santorum is explosive off the line. Uh, now, uh, I, I, first of all, I love I love Robert Griffin III. I was talking about Robert Griffin III before anybody was. Let's get this straight. If you don't believe me, you can look up the Big Dog YouTube vignettes from like three years ago, me talking about Robert Griffin III. Yeah, you, you were ahead of okay. your time with him. I, I love the fact that the guy got such high ratings. At the Indy Cup, yeah, everybody's talking you, about him. You didn't watch him play all year? The guy's well, phenomenal. What, I, I know. I agree. But what kidded me was, yes. oh, my God, he's getting great grades. Oh, RG3 is tremendous. Might pass up Andrew Luck. He's, you know, he can do this. He can do that. Oh, and a little by note, there was no actual passing at the Indy Combine. Uh, yeah, and, yes. So all this is about his running time and his jumping mm-hmm. time. And, oh, you know. The fact that the quarterback makes a living by throwing the ball, there was no throwing passes at the yeah, combine. I don't love right. Robert Griffin III any more now after watching him at the combine than I did at okay. all year long, which is me. I loved yeah. the kid, and he should be either the first or second player taken in the draft period. Right. There's, he's unbelievable. I don't like him anymore. Great talent, great kid. I interrupted your story. No, I no, it's, it's quite all right because it'll need many interruptions. Now, he, <laughs> I keep on hearing all the time. Oh, he's such a he's such a disciplined kid. He's disciplined just because both of his parents are in the military. And I am not knocking military parents or whatsoever. Not saying the kid isn't disciplined. Just keep on. Just go with this. Uh, he graduated early from high school and from college, so he must be smart. Okay, so all this how smart he is, and he has three kids, three different moms. For all, he's twenty two years old. Okay, so how? disciplined Wait. is he how smart is he is if he's 22 years old and has three kids with three different moms already never heard that story oh boy that's that's that, not I, that's i just that's what i just find funny and you know what the thing and he is being like I, I i'm supposed to take care of these three children i will take care of them i'm the dad so i am not ripping him as a father but it, and i'm not ripping him for having three kids but it's just kind of funny how if he was not going to be drafted into the NFL right now. He'd be a guy that is getting married to a fourth woman mm-hmm. with three other kids 
on the way from three yeah. days. Oh, not on the way out there already. That's. I was just thinking that as you were complimenting Robert Griffin III, a.k.a. RG3, you know, while well, he'll have money to support the kid. Unfortunately, 99 out of the 100 cases, like Robert Griffin, do not have the money to support. Exactly, that. and there's way too many 22-year-old kids of any kind of color that have uh, kids out of wedlock out there and can't afford, and basically a lot of them disappear. And from the mom. And, and, and uh, he's going to take care of the kids. Robert Griffin III is a good yeah, guy. Well, and he's made, he's made some mistakes. He's going to take care of them when you get an $8 million contract. Well, but, uh, and be, but being in their lives is a totally different thing, isn't it? Is. it? Yep. Okay. Anybody, yep. uh, you can you be a dad? Can you be, can you support the kid can, financially? All that stuff. But almost being there, being a dad is more important. You know, I didn't need, I, my mom, the little money she made was able to take care of me enough financially where I was able to eat enough mm-hmm. and all that stuff. If my dad could have given me a little advice, I don't think I'd have been playing football at McMurray College. You know what I mean? Instead of, I could have probably played somewhere else. He was, you know, instead of, you know, you understand what I'm saying? I, I didn't need money from my dad. I needed him to be like, you're getting letters from these Big Ten schools. You might want to contact them back, mm-hmm. send them a tape that shows what you're doing. A little bit you of guidance I mean? and advice uh-huh. is much more than any, uh, than any money put, I, put in the wallet. Yeah. So, Absolutely. so I'm not sitting here to bash, you know, Robert Griffin to throw, but I kind of, it's funny. I'm like, oh, he's such a, he's such, he's got charisma. Is it? Well, three times in his life he made a huge mistake. You know, it's funny as I'm 39 and yet have not made that mistake. And I'm not like the New Gingrich. I can't believe Bill Clinton cheated on his wife. Nobody wants to have sex with you, New Gingrich. Okay, <laughs> I'm 39. Believe it or not, I'm not a virgin at this point. But yet I've somehow figured out not to get a girl pregnant. There's a lot of ways to do that. And I've decided to take certain steps to make sure that uh, people haven't got pregnant. Or the whole Rick Santorum thing. As much as you know, I, I want to keep religion out of everything, I want to keep government and religion separate, and I want to keep both of them out of my life as far as I possibly can. But there's something to be said where, you know, what's wrong with waiting a little bit? Uh, like, the idea of how early I had sex was way too early. And I didn't know what I was doing, but at least I was smart enough not to get uh, somebody pregnant. So theres I don't think there's anything wrong with him being like, you know what, maybe it's if you're 15, 16, teaching that again. It's some, kids, are, the kids know way too much about sex. And basically, if kids are having sex now. Most of the time, like I was kind of young having sex when I was age. I was about, you know, who cares when I started, Coach? It was a lot earlier than you might believe it or not, but... Nowadays, girls are usually losing their virginity around 16 years old, which is crazy, which means normally it's really around 14. I'm not even sure that you can use the term usually because I think it spans the globe a little bit in that. Oh, it definitely spans the globe. Sadly, it can go to 13 and 14, but there's, you know, many others not at 16. So I don't know that there is a generally or a usually as far as that particular area, but it's way too young. No question about it. Parents need to wake up a little bit more and realize that you're there's a lot more drugs available to your kids than you might mm-hmm. think, and your kids are having a lot more sex than you might think that they're having. Really, those two things. Yeah. I don't think parents really realize how prevalent both of those things yeah. are for 14- and 15-year-olds nowadays. For me, by the way, back in my day, you know, for Big Dog, it was way too young. For me, David Olson, it was way too old. But that's a whole different story. But I do think, and our producer extraordinaire, D. Olson, could take notes because he's got a 3-year-old and a 4-year-old, 2-year-old, 4-year-old. Three and five. Three and five. Um, you know, time flies when you're having fun here. And I don't even know if there's studies out there, Big Dub. This is my instincts. Okay. My instinct. I think there's somewhat of a reverberation effect 
to the openness of sex. And you are absolutely correct that, you know, between the Internet, I mean, the Internet's the big thing. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you can put all the parent controls. I mean, the Internet. The stuff you you can find on the Internet? Have you watched regular Channel 2579 TV shows? No, I don't. Even the TV shows are unbelievable sexual. The commercials, uh, have you gone to your local food pantry and checked out the magazine rack behind the counter? Uh, rack is a good, that's yeah. a good, uh, description or, of that. Are you, when you're waiting at the grocery store, there's stuff in some of those magazines when you're waiting in line mm-hmm. that you don't want, forget about five, six, seven, or you don't want your 11, 12, 13, 14 year old. So it's way out there. But I think there's a little reverberation effect happening. Again, this st- instincts, not actual studies, but, um, I think the kids today have seen so much and maybe seen some stuff that's uncomfortable that one, it's not, uh, what's the word? It's not restricted. There's a better word. I'm looking. You uh-huh. know how teenagers want to do what they can't do. Uh, I see what you're the saying. The secretive yes. thing. Well, yes. it's so open out there now, and the teenagers talk about it so much that maybe it loses that luster a little bit. Okay. And then two, I totally I think that. from some of the more graphic things they see, I think there's a bit of a scared factor about it. I, I can understand. Bit. So uh, there's stuff that scares me that I see. I'm just, I, I can't believe some of the stuff that's on the internet. Yeah. Now. It, you know, I, I, I that that is one of the the more educated thoughts that, like, if if you allow stuff to happen, it's, yeah. it's a lot less yeah. people. Because oh. I do know that if as soon as I was told by, like, past girlfriend, blah, 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 you'll do that. Oh, well, yeah. I'll do that? Really? A natural Guess human instinct. Guess what? Guess what? I'm doing the It's the, exact the same opposite. argument we hear with marijuana use, right? If it were legal. Yeah, there would be a lot less uh, a lot less luster to do it. And all of a sudden, like these kids that are doing it, they're like, oh, I, I just smoked marijuana, mm-hmm. and it was nowhere near as bad as I thought it was, so maybe all these other drugs aren't as bad. There, there's there's that thinking, and there's mm-hmm. also the people if they if they have if they can do marijuana, then they're going to end up doing heroin. I I know a lot of people that have tried marijuana that have never tried anything more than marijuana, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't try anything more than marijuana ever. So uh, all right, big dog and a coach. We started off talking about Angelina Jolie's leg. We moved into Robert Griffin the third, and uh, by the way, you mentioned he's got three kids, and now he's, he's getting, marrying no, no, a he's, separate. Yeah, a, 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 with a, a woman that has nothing to do oh with boy. the three kids that he's already. So the had. woman that he's marrying has to. She's she's agreed to. Be, I, I guess so. She's a real rich girl that grew up in Texas. She's extremely pretty too. How old is she? Like forty five? No, she's okay. she's she's a Baylor girl. Okay. One of the girls that uh that uh, he met at Baylor. Mm-hmm. Wow. One of the Baylor, by the way, the home of the top women's basketball player in the country. Are you familiar with Brittany Griner? Uh, how could you not? Oh my goodness, that girl is blocking shots everywhere. She's the, the she's one of the most dominant women basketball players I've ever mm-hmm. seen, honestly, coach. And when she isn't playing crazed, she's would she if she played with a smile on her face, she'd dominate. Her problem is she gets she's one of those things like Kyle Busch is the best driver in Daytona, and all you got to do is you want to mess up Kyle mm-hmm. Busch, just just touch him and just give him a stare. Ah, oh, then he he's just trying, and actually you know he's totally out of his game and he loses. That's what like I, I do to Brittany Griner. It's a nice transition to uh-huh. Daytona 500. But before we leave Brittany Griner, speaking of women's basketball, David Olson, you're gonna get a kick out of this one. Now we talked about the fact I was announced at a game yesterday. There was a chance you were gonna be there. It was a doubleheader. Super sectional, big state tournament game. The game after it was the marquee game. Number one against number two, the two powerhouses, probably the state championship game. Well, I finished my game at 7.15. Now, if I stick around for the next game, it starts at 8.10, ends at 9.30. I had an hour drive home. I left. 
I said, you know, I, I just don't want it to be that late of a night. Well, I opened up, you were here, Big Dog. Yes. Open up the Facebook page, and the first three or four Facebook pages are from guys that were at the game. Probably one of the great girls basketball games of all time. I still don't have the great the details of it, but a four-overtime game with unbelievable finishes. People will be talking about it for years, is what the Facebook page said, and I was there. And left. And left. Oof. I know the feeling. I could have been there. And didn't go. Of course, it would, I would, it would have been extremely difficult for me to get there and leave. And there's a bunch of other issues. But yeah, that stuff happens, doesn't it, Coach? I could have been announcing that game, Big Dub. So who who won this game in the greatest game ever played? Whitney Young, the fighting uh, Dolphin. The Dolphin. Over the Raider of Bolingbrook. Mm-hmm. Minor upset. Now, and Bolingbrook supposedly has people that don't live in Bolingbrook. Going well, no, they, they do. They just didn't when they were growing up. So Bolingbrook high school team, powerhouse team is full of players that moved into the community. In other words, they you know you know your typical high school team, you know, grade school. Yes. Junior high team, feeder teams that you see a lot of them on the high school team. It kind of breeds the community feeling. Well these kids didn't go to grade school or junior high in the well, community. Well Bolingbrook is one of those growing communities, coach. They it like doubles in population it's every true. year. Yeah, so that, that uh, there's gonna that's gonna happen. Okay. What are you, the spokesman for Tony Smith now? Well, I grew up in Woodridge right next to Bolingbrook. Right. There was nobody in that town right. 30 years ago. Let us move on from girls basketball. 888-463-6748. The phone number again, 888-463-6748. Dog in studio live with the coach. Uh, stick around at the end of the show. We might get one more brief glimpse of the big dog's calf. Can't promise it, but this is a teaser. We might close out the show with your cap. Yeah, I wouldn't promise that ever. Okay, but moving along, the Daytona 500 finally came to a conclusion. Big dog, I was in La La Land by the time it came to an end. You were semi La La. No, yeah, about twelve ten. Yeah, that I was semi La La. Whereas I, I couldn't even remember. Matt Kenseth dominated the the race. He really did. He was always in front. Nobody could make a run on him. But Mike Kenseth, I didn't. I don't remember anybody predicting Matt. I didn't. I didn't predict all it either. All the experts, I never heard Matt. Every, every, all the experts, they could only come up with Tony Stewart. They couldn't come up with any other name. Oh, I heard more, other names. Well, who did, did, honestly, who did you hear predicted by any of the experts oh, yeah. that did not predict uh, Tony I heard Stewart? Three or four different. I heard Jimmy Johnson. I heard of Kevin Harvick. I heard uh, McCarvick was me. <laughs> I always yeah, pick Kevin Harvick. Or Kurt Busch, I get the two of them mixed up. Somebody said Brittany Griner, somebody else, yeah. or Robert Griffin. The third. I get my sports reports mixed up. Anyhow, Matt Kenseth wins it. Yeah, and uh, Was it close at the end? Uh, Dale uh, Dale Jr. was in third, and Denny Hamlin was in fourth, trying to push Dale Jr. Uh, ahead. But uh, uh, your guy, uh, who is your, Greg Biffle? Biffle. Biffle was uh pushing uh was uh pushing push! Matt Kenseth and they were not able they were Dale was making a push got in the second was could have passively passed Kenseth but Wait, he could not get it done. So Biffle was like let's say four laps behind Kenseth? No 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 no. Biffle was right behind was in second place. But even pushing, number of laps? Yeah, it was no no no, excuse me. No no you just totally messed me up cuz you Kenseth was in first place. Yes. Biffle was in second. Dale Earnhardt was in third. Hamlin was in fourth. Why is Biffle pushing Kenseth? They're teammates. So you're telling me I'm in second place? I got a chance to win a major? One of the great races in the history of the sport? And I got to push my teammate and not try to win myself? The, the, the only guy that's ever done that to his teammate was Kurt Busch, but Kurt Busch is a douchebag. Why? I don't get it. It depends on whose car's faster. I'm right behind the guy. 
There's, you know why you're right behind him? Because the guy had a faster car and he's cutting the draft and you're able to get right in his back pocket and, and get pulled by the guy. Daytona, five, is that five, 500 laps or 500 miles? 500 laps. 200 right? laps. 500 miles. All right. 500 miles. We've gone 499 miles and I'm and, one, and I'm by one the, and car by then, behind the guy? And by then you can figure it out that whose car is faster. After 499 right, miles, you know, you know whose car is faster. I got problems with that. You can pass anybody at any time. You can pass yeah, either. You're you telling can. me that's not cool in the sport. It all depends on whose car is whatever. Everybody knew last night that uh, Biffle's car was nowhere near as fast as Matt Kenseth's car was. 499 miles. He's one car length behind yeah, the and, guy. How okay, do you know? And let me repeat this again. They're teammates. And every time, as they worked their way through the pack, there was no question who Kansas' car would pull away from uh, okay. from Biffles. Biffles' I, car I, was not as fast as Kansas last night. I will guarantee. As a matter of fact, I know I know it wasn't as fast because when they went down the last stretch, uh, quite simply, Kansas' car pulled away and Herndon's car went well, right past Greg Biffles' car, right past Biffles' yeah, car. Yeah, but David Olson, that's like saying you know another team has dominated us and they played much better. We got a couple lucky turnover for whatever reason. Now we're down, you know, four points late in the game, even though we've had a couple mm-hmm. lucky breaks and they've dominated. Well, they're clearly the better team, and, and so when, I'm going to let them win. No, that's not what happened when I don't know when, when when push came to shove. All I can tell you is Biffle's car was left in the dust, and Kansas took off, and Hernards took off too, and went right past Biffle's car. So if Biffle's car was as great as you were saying, the guy who didn't even watch the race, then why didn't Biffle continue with Matt Kenseth? He couldn't keep up with them. So, okay. so don't tell me what was All right. okay. I, I, I obviously don't understand the culture of the game. So Biffle, instead of trying to pass him, is pushing. Uh, he was pushing. If he couldn't pass, he wouldn't have been able to pass Kenseth. All right. So he was just getting into his pocket and giving him a little bit more uh, power. Who, t- who took second place? Dale Earnhardt took second place because right when the like right when the finish line was up, Earnhardt did his move and he went right past Biffle. And was able to, he only could have got past Kenseth. He just couldn't. As a matter of fact, Biffle could have went back down to fourth because Hamlin was right on Earnhardt's tail pushing him past, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Biffle. They just couldn't get to Kenseth at that point. Hmm. So, uh, so it sounded like a pretty exciting finish now. Well, the, but the crazy thing was what happened to Juan yes. Pablo Montoya. I don't know if you, we were watching this, David Olson, but as, uh, they're getting exactly what they want. Uh, Mike Helton, the president of NASCAR, instead of having a million rain delays, was like, listen, there's going to be an open pocket at 6 p.m. on Monday. We don't want to do this. We're pushing all the way back to then. It was the best decision they could make. There was going to be no stoppages besides the cautions until on lap 160, Juan Pablo Montoya, who is on a caution flag, is going too fast because that's a Juan Pablo Montoya thing is the drive like a Kurt Busch. And he loses control. His car slides up and rams into the back of a fuel truck. That isn't funny. Luckily, Juan Pablo Montoya walked out and he, and he he didn't get hurt at all. But the truck blew up and it starts on fire. So next thing you know, you have a fuel truck on fire in the middle of the track and it's up against the wall. The guy in the truck runs out. He doesn't get hurt. Luckily, no one is hurt in in the whole thing, but. The track starts on fire, and they get people there quick enough to they think the the fire's under control, and it's like okay, they get it out, and immediately right when you think it, it blazes up and it's bigger than it was, and it keeps it, and the the fuel, the jet fuel is actually going down the track because it's on an angle. They would get it on fire, oh, they would they would get the fire out, and it would start on fire again. 
It was on fire for 40 minutes before they got it out. I was going to ask how long was the total, because I saw some of the highlights of it. It looked like it lasted forever. It took two hours to, before the, the, wow. the race started again. Two hours delay. 45 minutes before they got the fire out. Mm. I mean, it was it was an hour and fifteen minutes to fix the track. Did not melt because you got to imagine it's fuel, so it's burning the fuel in the air before it ever hits the oh, track. Yeah, the thing was it was big and it was vicious. And they would have got the they would have got it started pretty quick. But what the problem was when they act, they couldn't drive the truck away. They actually had to pick it up. So they had a a forklift come in, pick the truck up, and when they were getting it out of there, the trailer fell off, and the guy dragged the trailer down the middle of the track, and it ripped up a 15-foot section of the track. So you're like, oh, they're like, oh, that's that's another 45 minutes right there. Whatever could go wrong, did yes. go wrong. We got any Daytona car racing fans out there, just sports fans who happen to see it, you want to comment on it. A quite eventful evening out in Daytona Beach, Florida, 888 888- Four six three six seven four eight again triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight. So they sit around all day on Sunday, waiting, 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 and it's canceled first time ever in fifty four years. Then Monday they sit around and wait, 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 wait. They do it in a rare evening race, and then right in the middle of the race, there's a near two hour delay. Yes, it was definitely not exactly the best way to kick off a season for. Mm. Uh, for NASCAR. Talk about the mental, yeah. the mental part for not only the drivers, but the mental part for the, uh, the pit crew too. Yeah. And, uh, you got to stay on your game through a 48 hour period. It's funny you said that because, uh, uh, one of my roommates last night at about midnight when, uh, when Kansas was winning just turned to me and was like, yeah, where do you think Jimmy Johnson is right now? I'm like, he's in Arizona right now and they've already got the car up on Jackson or figuring out <laughs> cause he, Jimmy Johnson, Got knocked out by uh, Elliot Sadler on the second, second lap. lap, the fifth turn, the first turn of the second lap. Elliot Sadler gets into his rear end and wipes out Jimmy Johnson. Takes Jimmy Johnson out, takes Trevor Bain out, takes Danica Patrick out. On the second lap. On the second I lap. I read that. I was going to bring that up with you. Unbelievable. Biggest it, race. It, it, all the anticipation and two laps into it. You know, Danica Patrick, what a rough weekend for her. It bothered me at first a couple years ago, the, the, the amount of attention Danica Patrick was getting just because she was good looking and because she was a woman and she wasn't, I didn't think, deserved of the attention. She is a driver. That woman could drive. The, the, her driving through the accident yesterday was, was phenomenal. The only reason it was so wet on the infield grass that the grass caught like like the the chassis, I guess, because it was so muddy, dragged the chassis in and ripped up the back of the car. Wow. If it was a dry grass, mm-hmm. the way she drove through that was absolutely phenomenal, Coach. She saved the car so the, the girl can drive. I, I'm calling her a girl. I call the other guys guys, so what's the difference? The gal can drive. Okay? She did, by the way, as a side note to that, she did get a ticket for illegal right turn on red. But heading back to the hotel. They they Can't told her anybody. They told her it was going to take an hour to get her back out on the racetrack. She didn't get out of the car. She didn't get out of the car. She just sat there with her head down and like fell. And oh, back. so she finished the race. She finished the race. They got wow. her back out there, and uh, when they get her out there, everything's going great. And next, you know, there's a stoppage, and they got all the guys. They're walking. The drivers are walking around the track. Brad Keselowski's tweeting. Brad Keselowski picked up fifty five thousand Twitter followers. In an hour yesterday, just because he had his phone out during the Daytona 500. Not while he was driving, I hope. He did tweet while he was driving. Oh, come on. He did, I swear to you. He tweeted while he was driving yesterday. He took a picture and sent the picture while he was in the car. Wow. 
Wow. That's, I don't know if he did it while on a caution or whatever, mm-hmm. Coach, but that's not cool. Right. That's so not cool. There it is, your 54th uh, annual Daytona 500, the kickoff to the NASCAR car season in eventful. Let's hope the rest of the uh, NASCAR and Indy Racing Series, Big Dog, isn't quite as eventful. I mean, we like excitement, but yeah. uh, this one, a lot of delays. Very dangerous and uh, kind of sad that so many racers got eliminated early. Let's put it this way. Uh, after the the Elliott Sadler mishap that knocked out three of the most prominent racers in the in the race on the second lap, people were like, we've waited this long and some idiot makes a mistake. After that, there was very little aggressive driving. Mm-hmm. So I would much rather see the aggressive driving and the possible accidents. But like they were thinking about the fans. They are like, we don't want to finish this race at 3 in the morning. So they actually raced. To avoid accidents. And like Jeff Gordon, first class guy, there was times where there could have been issues and he would let a guy in because he just didn't want to create accidents. And then you have other guys like the Bush brothers out there leaving a trail of disaster everywhere they go. <laughs> so, And don't forget my guy Greg Biffle. All right, there it is, your Daytona 500. We are your auto racing uh, one-stop source here on the Internet Sports Radio. The big dog, Joel Redwanski, long time. Pit crew guy, long-time auto racing expert. Whatever things happen and pop up, we will have uh, a minimal amount of expertise to talk about. <laughs> well, I'm good at the first. The, the, uh, lucky for us, the Daytona yes. is how they kick the season off because some people would think that I would actually be like a racing expert because I'm, yes. I'm almost ready for the season. Well, you play one on the radio. Well, well I, I guarantee you that might be the last race I, I watch. <laughs> That'd be the last race I watch from start to finish all year, guaranteed. Now, we have another race that is starting today, David Olson. Another race that's starting today. Obviously, it's not ac- actual race, but. It is. We talked about this on the car ride here, Big Dog. Uh, a dramatic, not dramatic, but it's the uh, the beginning, really, of a one-month tour that's always a joyful ride, and it is the beginning of March Madness. I know the tournaments doesn't start today, but some of the conference tournaments, mm-hmm. some of the, I don't want to call them lesser ones, some of the mid-major conference tournaments start today, and to me, that's the kickoff. Once, once you hit single elimination time, mm-hmm. and teams today, Big Dog, will be playing, and if they lose... Their season's over, including our Loyola Ramblers in the Horizon Conference. It all starts today. Yeah, it, it, these conference games are phenomenal. And, and I, I swear to you, the championship games in these conference uh, tournaments are just as exciting as tournament games. They, they they truly are. If you see, like, the like I remember watching a Florida A&M beat somebody about two or three years ago in the championship game. And this is like, they were, they were like 5 and 20. Going into their conference tournament, it's, it's and they made the tournament. The joy on those guys' faces. You know, it, it, that's the one great thing about college basketball is the fact if you're a college basketball coach and it's February 20th and your team has had a horrible season, yep. you could keep your team together, being like, "Hey guys, if we could win four con- tournament games in four days, we can go to the we can go to the t- conference championship." And all you know, your conference these guys aren't that much better than you, and everybody believes that. Ninety-five percent of the teams believe they can make still make the tournament. You More know? importantly, from a coach's standpoint, you know, you mentioned February twentieth. You know, all the kids catch the fever on February twentieth. More importantly, as a coach, on January twelfth, when your team is struggling, or in okay, okay. mid-December when your team is struggling, hey, you know, and they at that point they got no chance for the conference championship. But you remind those players, hey. We can win four games in four days. Let's keep getting yeah. better. Keep working at it. You know, things can change. Let's try mm-hmm. to keep improving, win some games. And, hey, down the road, there's their carrot out there for you. Yeah, if you look at 
so many conference tournament champions in basketball that if you look at the regular season, had no business whatsoever beating any of the teams they won in four days or five days, like the runs that some of these teams have gone on. So, you know, something you can take credit in that. Like, I remember 2001, one of the worst Indiana teams in years. And, uh, and they went on a run to the Big Ten championship. Uh, and I swear yeah. to you, Illinois could have beat that team a hundred times out of a hundred if they played them and they got, got destroyed yeah. in the tournament. You're bringing up one yeah. of the very, very few negatives of March Madness. There's not many. Uh-huh. But I suppose if you want to argue the other way, a negative is it's really not a battle to, of who the best team is. At that time of year, it's a battle of who the hottest team is. And and I, I love the fact that Coach is saying this now. And the reason why he is saying this now is because Coach is worried that teams from these small conferences that are going to get in, he doesn't want any of those teams that those oh, he doesn't want any 5-20 and 20 teams because Northwestern's on the bubble this year. Send the ball clear down the field now. So, do you find yourself, you know, because you're a Northwestern fan, and yes. I'm rooting for Northwestern to get in now. And I was rooting for Illinois to make the tournament, and I realized that they're going to need the conference championship, tournament championship in order to, mm-hmm. to make that happen. But So now when you watch these conference tournaments, you're rooting for the favorites to win because you can't have, if too many bubble spots start popping, eventually Northwestern spot will pop. Okay. Anytime I talk Northwestern, I got to use the purple microphone, but uh, you're right, and it's against my nature mm-hmm. to root against bubble teams, but I guess as a Northwestern fan, I need to do that. Why does he get the purple microphone, David? Because I'm man enough to talk in the lavender and not feel uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a cover. Ah, okay. You could, you could pop them off and switch them. All right. Tomorrow when you're not here, big dog... I might be here in the studio tomorrow, All right. depending All right. on the, depending on the ride situation. If you may be here, but you'll be talking into a red microphone. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> <clears throat> I'll take you one step further, by the way. And again, any uh, hoop fans, little March Madness talk. It starts today and it ends on April fourth, so uh, over a month, five weeks, five weeks of frenzied basketball action. You got to love it. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. You mentioned the small conference championship uh, games. I'll go you one step further. The semifinal games. Sometimes, you know, the game on Thursday, oh, yeah, Friday, yeah, the okay. right to get to the championship games, those games are unbelievable kinds. No, yeah, if, if, <clears throat> sit on the couch watching teams that you don't know. There's a couple sports that that's really easy. For me, college baseball, I can pick it up pretty quick, or the Little League baseball, I can find that. But I, to me, there's no sport. You, if you have a good announcer, you could watch Coppin State, Take on, you know, uh, some other East Coast team. And if you, if you have a good announcer, just give you a little bit of the backstory, you don't have to know these guys and watch those games and totally be into it. The only exception is cricket. Yeah, if you, you gotta know. I watched, uh, India A and I. I think going up against Pakistani State. No, 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 no. no. Whenever the you announcers get... were great. They were a mo, I couldn't understand a word they were saying, but they were fired up the outstanding, the emotion. And I just couldn't get into it. So cricket, any, cricket could be an exception. Any type of Pakistan-India crossover battle, any type, yeah, yeah. especially if it's national teams, then cool. Yeah, but this was small school. I don't care. It was India. Any A&I India-Pakistani against... crossover. First of all, the, st- the styles clash. And, th- and they're so snobbish <laughs> over whose cricket style is better. Okay. Okay, one plays a small ball, the other plays for the big runs. <laughs> I, I I don't know which one does which, and I'm making all that up. But I got to tell you something: it, it you can throw, 
You know, it, it cracks me up. Is uh, I have I have friends of all nationalities. I, I yes. love these people who I, uh, you live with all friends. Your your house is the United Nations. I, I love people. People, you're racist because I say stuff sometimes that. I, I think that is just right from the heart. I have more friends of every nation, nationality. I have a, a friend that is Indian. I also have a friend, Nazir Rasul. God bless and you. He, he contacted me immediately to remind everybody that somebody from Pakistan had won an Oscar. Yes. Okay, I forgot. Which I, that, thank yes, you very that, much brought up during the show. That you did yesterday. Uh, well, well, I went over to my buddy's house, and, and I will never eat at their house because I cannot stand curry, and I can't. It's the only food I, that I do not like, and it's a spice. He spent $299.95 on the cricket package. <laughs> I am not making this up. I swear to you. I'm not laughing because he did that. I'm laughing because I didn't know there was a cricket package. It's on all day long. I am not kidding. They put this stuff on. They sit there and they drink this stuff, that this alcohol that's really thick that comes out of a tree. Who does? The fans or the players? The, the Us. The guys that are watching this. Okay. Cricket when you can watch it for 12 hours straight and you lose track of who's winning is not bad, coach. <laughs> Especially when you're How drinking thick end? syrup. I, I have no idea at that point, to be quite honest. All I know is they just kept running back and forth, touching sticks. And and I do know those guys, the guys that catch the ball are phenomenal. Yes. Hitting the ball, no problem. Anybody, It's not the batting that's the difficult part. It's the fielding that is the difficult part mm-hmm. in cricket is all I can tell you about No mitts. No, well, they got like these tiny gloves. Okay. But it just it helps a little bit catch the ball. But I, these the same guy that he's like you know you could drink like a cricket player. He was impressed with my ability to drink whatever <laughs> this thick liquid was oh, that we boy. were drinking. But uh, he he thinks I could also play like a cricket player. He says because I play football and go back and uh-huh. forth, the cutting back and forth. He thinks football players are good at at that. You're so. halfway there. No, you're all the way there. You can drink the game. Mm-hmm. And you might be able to play the game. I won't be able to think the game. I cannot stand around long enough. I'm too antsy. That's he true. says that that would be bad for me. That's true. 888-463-6748, the phone number dog and the coach. With you right up until 11 o'clock, getting back to the March Madness. Big dog, we have some terms down here now. I wrote a few of these things down okay. because we are a service industry here. Gotcha. We are here to uh, help educate, if not motivate, and God forbid, actually entertain. But uh, for those folks that are not caught up in the March Madness, a little terminology understanding, so don't get too detailed here. But very quickly, some terms that people will be hearing. And I, and I define them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But don't over-define them. Well, you know, keep it K-I-S-S. Okay. Keep it simple, Stu. Power conference. Uh, These are terms people are going to be hearing. If they're not basketball aficionados, they don't know what's going on. Power conference. Uh, this is... Uh, the the schools that you always wish you can get into, but you never were able to, and if you were able to get into them, you spent way too much on tuition. That's why they have so much money and are called power conferences. An example would be? Michigan. Thank you. Uh, RPI. Roly-poly index. This is how much weight that you gain during the month of March by sitting on a couch and drinking, <laughs> hoping that uh, your bracket will stay in tap. Or it's ratings percentage index, and it's basically some whacked-out way that the computer decides how good your team is. One of the two of those. It's either one of those. I'm okay. not sure, Coach. Play-in game. People that don't know, you're going to hear the term a lot coming up the next couple of weeks. People need to know. Uh, Play-in game. A way to encourage to get free time with your girlfriend so you can also sit on your butt and watch the real games the rest of the week. Uh, Last four in. Another term. If you're not a basketball aficionado, 
What does it mean? You're going to hear it a lot the next couple of weeks. Last, especially if you're Northwestern fan. Last four. If you keep like it clean, please. If you like your steak pink the way it should be, you get the steaks the last four that have been put into the barbecue. It could be that, or it could be the the, the last four in. Or these are those teams like Northwestern that are hoping that bubbles don't get popped because those are the teams that are barely hanging on to get into the tournament. Ah, selection committee. These are the people right now that get greased by ADs to make sure that their uh, particular teams from power conferences get into yeah. the not not only into the tournament but get the right seating because you'd much rather have a one or a two as compared to a four or a five. Do me a favor because I know Cinemax Indies is probably typing out a text or an email as we speak for the Cinemax Indies of the world. Please explain uh, greased to the fine uh, committee members. Uh, when there's a tiebreaker, if you're not exactly sure if you should go with a couple Cinderfellas or a team that maybe had a rough season but has a lot more talent, sometimes you try to weigh your options, and whichever hand has more paper in it, you tend to lean towards that particular school. That's the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Very good. And, and let's just say for years I've always been dumbfounded when Eleanor should be a five seed, they'd be a three. Mm-hmm. When they should be a two, they'd be a one. Well, that's probably a little greasing was done. I, I, for as much as I, you always say that I'm, I'm, I'm biased. Illinois has, people say, Illinois has no chance at the tournament. Have you realized that they've been in when they shouldn't? They've been higher than they should? Mm-hmm. Because they, 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 but they don't, they can't buy officials. They buy selection committees. They need to start buying referees from now on, coach. That's where Illinois needs to uh, invest more of their money. Well, you know, it's progress. You gotta, you, first you gotta get in. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do any good to buy out the officials. Okay. If you're not in, so first you got to win a few games, then you got to get the selection committee members a little greased up, mm-hmm. and then once you're in, then you'll find out who the officials are, and that's your next step. So, but when does paying players come into that? Much later. <laughs> okay. Much All right. later. <laughs> I got it. And it depends if you're going to pay your team or the other team. By the way, the top four seeds right now. And a long way to go. The, I doubt these will be the final four, but right now yeah, we're played out. I think it's pretty much Kentucky. Syracuse, Duke, they, those three teams, Bayheim, Shashevsky, and Calipari. Okay, okay. I, I'm going to say this. I, I think Kentucky and Syracuse are locks. I think Duke still has – you're right. They are the number one as yeah. of now, but they have work to do. Oh, I absolutely. don't think Syracuse or Kentucky have work to do anymore for number words, one. In other words, they could get upset first yes. round of their tournament. I think you're yes. right. Yeah, that's all, that's, that's all body, I'm just saying. The, the yeah. body of work is there. The, it should be Syracuse and yeah. Duke. I mean, Kentucky have been really – Good basketball teams this year with good yep. schedules. Yep. One upset loss can't destroy mm-hmm. that. I completely agree with that. Now, the other number one seed, and you know, you talk about coaches of the year, and people are always looking for the upstart coaches, you know, some, some rookie coach, the Shaka Smarts from last year, the Brad mm-hmm. Stevens from a couple and of years ago. By the way, Brad ago. Stevens is no longer brilliant because he's got a good roster, not a phenomenal <laughs> yeah, roster. Yeah, how about how that? that yeah, huh? yeah, just, he's just a really smart coach now. Funny how just, that happens. Yeah. Shelvin Mack and, uh, what's the big kid? Matt. Oh, the kid that uh, the, the, that looked name. like Larry Bird, but yeah. I mean, he was just a pain in your butt. That yeah. dude, those two guys leave, and all of a sudden, he's not quite the brilliant coach. Still a damn good coach. Yeah. By, uh, the by the way, that guy was one of those guys who were like, yeah, he shot seventy. Yeah, but all his shots were layups. Well, there's something to be said for a guy that makes seven layups a game. Okay, that's there's something yeah. to be said about no, that, a guy that like that. Kid was a winner. Yeah. That kid was mm-hmm. tough, and I think he's playing over in Europe right now with a slight chance yeah, of he, making the NBA. He speaks Turkish. Job. Huh? He speaks Turkish right now, coach. <laughs> um. The fourth team in, and again, I was talking about coaches of the year. You know, Jim Beheim. Now, you don't think of Syracuse and Jim Beheim as the coach of the year. Well, their team was supposed to be good. Nobody thought 
And it would be as dominant as they are. Jim Beheim deserves a mention. And, you know, Tom Izzo, Michigan uh, State right now is a number one seed. And Big Dog, they are not laced with the high school All-Americans. They were picked for third or fourth in the Big Ten. They started off that way. Uh-huh. But here, after the after all the dust settles after three months, Michigan State in first place and a number one seed. Tom Izzo doing a phenomenal job. Now, uh, Tom Izzo definitely deserves recognition for Coach of the Year. Uh, like Bill Self, believe it or not, the last yep. couple the last couple weeks, Kansas has I turned themselves into a. I don't like it either anymore. I'm just it, trying to be right. I'm just trying to be uh, honest here. But quite frankly, it's Jim Beheim. And I, I know Jim Beheim would like to take back that one comment that he made about when the whole situation happened with Barney Fine at the end. Of, but if you think about what that program has been through this year, those players love their coach. Yeah, and, and it's not just the players, the, the current players. You, we've they made a bunch of big deals about the whole Penn State players coming back, and we're here for Coach Paterno. How many former Syracuse players have come back and talked about how great Coach Beheim is? You know what I mean? And, and we've all fallen in love with Coach K, and I, I love Coach K. Chicago, Polish, tough nose, West Point guy. I, I, I'm, Beheim will never surpass Coach K in, in my mind, but people I think sometimes have underrated Beheim. And, and almost in a sense as a career achievement award, and in a sense the, the, the fact that to, to show how, how Syracuse overcame what happened, I, he's a coach of the year coach. Mm-hmm. And again, for those fans not familiar or maybe yeah, who isn't familiar memory, with the Barney Fine, uh, you know, actually a fair amount of people. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of glad it, they shouldn't have been tarnished, but basically, it charges. Never, it never became huge news. It, it, it really, you're right. Compared it, it, to it, compared it, to Penn State, it wasn't right. Well, it hit ESPN, but it didn't quite make the quantum leap from the sports. Yeah, page. it was once a month on Yahoo News, yes. not. Three different stories a day yes. on Yahoo News. And, and remember, it just, our, our show is the sports show that appeals to the, to the non-sports fan. fan. Unfortunately, we actually struggle to hold on to the sports fan, but that's a story for another day. Ba- ba- assistant head coach improper touching of a few different ball boys throughout the 20 years. Can, and, we, can we call them team managers, please? Oh, come on. It's, I'm not, I'm grown up enough to not be immature. I'm, I am not. <laughs> So, uh, yes. uh, but Bayham, what a rough year. Uh, absolute rough year. He's going to end yeah. up with a thousand wins. By the way, can I make a somewhat controversial statement? I was thinking about Please. this too. It's interesting with Jerry Sandusky, how many people refuse to admit that Jerry Sandusky was an outstanding coach. He was phenomenal. Jerry yes. Sandusky taught life lessons and did yes. great things for the players that's, that he coached. That's why it's so confusing. And Jerry Sandusky's charity well, did some wonderful no, things, but too. I'm stopping there. I'm not going to okay. say that. Right, I, I won't go into okay. that just let's for... Let's stop at the first okay. two. But, Big Dog, you're open enough, and I appreciate it. There are a ton of people and a lot of sports talk hosts that are in this community that will shut that down and refuse well, to well, accept that. You, you, that's... Though that's the whole, that's the shocking part of the story. That's what you, that's what you have to I grow. Know that. Okay. You have linebackers that played in the mid eighties and th- this guy was a god to yep. them. And then all of a sudden you find out that this guy that had such a tremendous impact on your life, you find out that he's a sick, sick individual. It's, that's what's, that's the crazy thing about the story. And when you can't acknowledge that, you don't realize the depths of the story. But there's a lot you of know? people that once the depths of the story came out, refuse to acknowledge, okay. think about, deal with, or actually there, there's many that resisted. 
Uh, the the you know saying that no he was not that great a coach he couldn't have been that great a person because he was doing this while well, they're different sides to people obviously by no means condoning mm-hmm. what he did no, no, horrible no, no. horrible on, horrible yeah. and of guilty you know you, terrible th- that's what's that's what makes it worse though yes is when you realize that he made a ridiculously positive impact in so many yes. people's lives and he probably made the type of impact where these guys have now impacted other people's lives. So yep. you're li- so linebackers have played there is like I've actually passed his teachings on to other people and then I find out he's like this. You know, th- then you start questioning everything that you've ever believed in. So if you can't look at the whole picture, that that's a little crazy. And if you think of the game plan that he put up in the in against the 86 Miami Hurricanes, uh, who could if, forget it? The 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 Fiesta Bowl in January 87. The game plan in 1986. Coach, the 1986 Miami Hurricanes, one of the greatest college football teams of all time. Michael Irvin, Melvin Bratton, Cleveland, Gary Alonzo, Highsmith. <laughs> Cleveland Vinny, Gary. Vinny Testaverde. Uh, okay? Cleveland Gary. Thank you for that reference. But but do you remember the, the, the Bratton brothers and all those guys? Okay. Well, Jerry Sandusky had all these midget linebackers and DBs, and, and he had came up with a game plan, was all physical, blitzed. You weren't supposed to do that to Miami. They carry Jerry Sandusky off the field. Think about those guys that carried Jerry Sandusky off the field that January day in 1987. Mm-hmm. They're like, I was carrying a pedophile off the field. They can't even watch that film anymore. Something that was the most cherished moment of their life. Those guys have talked about it now. Some guy that carried, I, I forget in the whole thing, he's like, I, I, I'm sick to my stomach knowing that. He he's the guy that taught me all those life lessons. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, and again, I'm so Matt, Matt Gustopoulos or the guy that intercepted the ball, Matt Gustopoulos, that the the, inter, the interception in front of Michael Irvin to win the game, carried Jerry Sandusky off the field. He was like in tears talking about. So that's that what that's. I'm sorry I brought up that game, but okay. when you brought up the whole that he was a great coach. Mm-hmm. I just thought of the one guy that, you know, it was crazy. Uh, it's been a heck of a ride. Heck of a ride, uh, Big Dog. Uh, proud of the fact we covered a whole heck of a lot of items in a somewhat functional way in about 57 minutes. Uh, if you can. Damn good job, if I have to say so myself. To fill the 60 seconds with, uh, I'm forgetting every minute. I'll finish tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Have a great day, everybody. Two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com. Dog, the coach, David Olson, signing off. We'll see you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.